Well, hey everybody, Jonathan Dorr with you once again. Welcome, friends, to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Wherever you're listening in around the world, friends in the US, Canada, the UK, across here in Australia, I think we've even got some listeners in New Zealand. Uh, Not that we're talking to you after last week's Bledisloe Cup test match in the rugby, but let's move on. Let's not dwell in bitterness and resentment. It's only been 30 years. Anyway, welcome friends to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Really good to have you on board. I've got a few things I want to share with you today that I hope will be a real blessing to you in your journey of Catholic education. I just want to be a source of encouragement for you. Isn't it a challenging time to be a Catholic educator at the moment? I mean, there's just so many demands, so many, uh, it's a tumultuous time, isn't it, in terms of education and culture and politics and healthcare and all sorts of things happening throughout the world. So uh, isn't it good that we have a rock Isn't it good that as much as the world is shaken in its foundations, that our Lord Jesus is the same yesterday, the same today, and will be the same forever? So, uh, gosh, you know, I take great consolation in that. I think uh, despite all the challenges in the world, there's a certain peace that can be found as people of faith, as we know that uh, he promised that he will be with us till the end of the age. And that uh, not only has he promised to be with us, but he has promised to give us his Holy Spirit, uh, the counselor. And, you know, today, one thing I wanted to talk about, but maybe the first thing was, uh, you know, it's not just the Holy Spirit that he gives us. Um, You know, it's not just the seal of baptism. There's so much more going on. uh, I'll try and put this in the show notes, but I was just reading an interview with a Monsignor who's a professor in the Vatican in angelology, and he's just put out a new book on angels. I've been a bit of a fan of angels for quite a while. And I know some of you listening going, what? What's What are we doing with angels? Can we do Catholic education? Well, yes, there's a link. Firstly, because I think there's so many demands and pressures on us that we can use every single bit of help that we can get. And one of the helps that we often don't think about too often is the help that is offered by our guardian angel. So the uh, Monsignor that I mentioned is actually the secretary of the International Theological Commission. So this person has quite a bit of credibility. And uh, his new book's just come out. It's called Angels and Demons, A Catholic Perspective. And uh, it's Father Sergei Thomas Bonino. So if you're looking for this book, it's worth checking out. It's called Angels and Demons, A Catholic Introduction. So this isn't all woo-woo. This is somebody who's uh, the uh, secretary of the International Theological Commission. And it's uh, I read the interview and it just resonated with a lot of things about how our guardian angels can actually help us on this journey of life. It was beautiful being in Nashville last year, and uh, we got to spend some time with uh, the wonderful Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, who we're very close to. And I remember them picking us up from uh, the airport in Nashville, and uh, they drove us back. And, you know, just, it's so cool walking around with Dominican Sisters, because they just they just got the beautiful habit, and everyone sees them. looks awesome. And uh, I was there with my kids and Karen, and uh, we were walking around, had a wonderful time. But as soon as we got in the car... The first thing we did was the prayer to the guardian angel. And every time that we got in a car with the sisters over the next few days, because uh, we stayed nearby and we saw a great deal of them, they would always do the prayer. What's the prayer? Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Uh, and that prayer was actually recommended by um, uh, Father Bonino as part of uh, this interview that I just read. 
So I think it's something that we forget. We forget the incredible presence of guardian angels in our lives, that, uh, that they can actually prompt us. They can impact, our, I guess, our thinking, our creativity, our emotional world. And they only really want one thing. You know, and he said this in the interview. He said they're, they're not there to grant wishes. Okay, so we don't use guardian angels for wishes. Okay, that's not a thing. We, uh, guardian angels are there to do one thing, and that is to bring about uh, our sanctification, to bring about our relationship with God, to draw us closer to God. So do you need a little bit of that? Would you be happy to take any help that you could get uh, in the challenging work of Catholic education? I just think we're in a season where we could use every single bit of possible assistance. So uh, it's a big part of my daily prayer. So as many of you know, I get up really early. I pray the divine office, pray the rosary, and then uh, I have uh, always make sure I include the guardian angels for myself, for the kids, for Karen, for protection over our physical bodies. I mean, I've often said the accident I had last year, and many of you know about that. Uh, it's uh, Well, today's October 21. The accident was October 25 last year where I almost died. And, uh, you know, literally that accident millimeters either way. So I, I ended up, you know, destroying, shattering both of my arms, but also you know, head injury, you know, I got up and I, I didn't lose consciousness, but, you know, just blood everywhere. And and when they got me to the hospital, they did a full brain scan and I often joked that, um, you know, Karen was happy because the doctor said, Mrs. Dor, we have some good news. We've done the brain scan. We found one. Uh, she was like, really? <laughs> Can we get a second opinion? So, uh, but, you know, literally that, that accident could have been millimeters, you know, and uh, I could have been brain injured for life and thank God there was no injury. And, uh, but, you know, literally that close. And so I am grateful to God and his providence for that. And who knows that it's the, the daily covering of our guardian angels that, uh, you know, might be guiding and protecting us as we go throughout our day. So I'm just trying to put this on your radar to add this as another crucial part of your spirituality of education. And also that your students, of course, have guardian angels. And we know that because Jesus literally said it. So this isn't like just Jonathan's idea or a nice thing. And I know we're all so postmodern these days. We're like, oh, well, you know, no one really believes this anymore. Sorry, friends. Angelology, the presence of our guardian angels is very clear in scripture and very clear in church tradition. And of course, Jesus himself said, he said that, you know, the that these children, he was talking with the little children and he said that their angels are before the face of, uh, their, of your father in heaven every day. So... I often think from an education perspective, it's kind of beautiful to remember that, to remember that even the most difficult student has a guardian angel. And believe it or not, this, uh, you know, Father Bonigno here makes the point that um, angels, that, that asking angels for their guidance and prayers, especially when we are interacting with others. I know it sounds crazy, but just, you know, the ability to, to go into classroom and say, guardian angel, I ask you to smooth the way today. I ask you all guardian angels of the children in my class to help our class to become a gospel community, help our class to be a place of learning and joy and light. So friends, some of you might be listening thinking, well, look, you know, Jonathan, really you're serious. I'm dead serious. You know, this is authentic church teaching. It's something that's a big part of my own spirituality. So I want to put on your radar. And the other reason I want to put on your radar is because today's reading in the, uh, in the readings of the day for the mass 
is uh, we're in Luke 12, and there's this line where it finishes, and it's just one of those hard sayings of Jesus. He says, The servant, that servant, who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I often think this is part of the burden of faith. You know, Jesus is saying that, you know, he's talking, I guess, he's referencing in some sense, I guess, the religious leaders again. He's sort of saying that if you've been entrusted with the deposit of faith, you know, the Judaic law, the Mosaic law, the Pentateuch, all the traditions of the elders and the prophets, you know, he's. I guess he's making the point that you have no excuse and things are going to get pretty unpleasant if you haven't been a good steward of what's been entrusted. And he's sort of saying, but if you didn't know any of that, then you're not going to be judged as hard. So this is, I guess, a challenging teaching, isn't it? Because the more that we know about the Lord, the more that we've experienced his presence in our life, it's almost as if he looks for us to be good stewards, to do more with it, to be a greater blessing and to be his presence in the world. So the link for me here with angelology is that if Jesus is looking for us to do a lot with what he's given us, then I'm not fancy. I just want to use every single possible tool available. All right. So end of homily on that. But as you go into your classroom over the next few days, just do that prayer. Angel of God, my guardian dear, just jump on the internet and just do um, prayer to the guardian angels. Okay. Try and find a Catholic site because there's some pretty crazy stuff out there, but it's a beautiful prayer and uh, just that simple repetition. And, you know, if it's good enough for the Dominican sisters, friends, it's good enough for me. You know, they're incredibly formed, uh, intelligent academic women, and that simple prayer forms a a really crucial part of their journeys throughout the day. All right, let's finish up. Uh, I want to, we've been working slowly through Ryan Topping's book, The Case for Catholic Education. And uh, look, I think he's hitting some really good points. I want to share this quote with you because it sort of goes to the DNA of what I talk about most frequently in the podcast. He says this, while our schools have maintained a high level of academic achievement, where we have failed is in transmitting convincingly a Christian vision of the human person's ultimate end, of the nature of happiness. Okay, a little bit more. He says, debates over pedagogy, curricula, and educational outcomes presume some prior conception of the goal of the human person's striving. It is here at the place where theology and anthropology intersect that Catholic educators must relearn how to restate their case. What makes a Catholic school worth fighting for is not simply the freedom to hang a crucifix over the front entrance, though that too is important. What is at stake in the battles over the curriculum reflects a much deeper conflict between a genuinely Catholic school and its secular counterpart, lies a disagreement over two conceptions of the purposes of education, two conceptions of the goal of human freedom, where the church proclaims a freedom for excellence, the prevailing secular view defends the human person's mere freedom of expression. See the difference there? That the Catholic, the, the Catholic focus in education is this freedom for excellence. Yeah, I guess what, what, what this boils down to is a vision of what constitutes the good life. What is the teleological arc of the human person, right? In philosophical language, what is it, what's the goal of humanity? 
And what our presentation in the Great Catholic School should be is that it is the movement of the person towards God in relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. So it doesn't mean that we don't teach subjects. It means that we have a vision of what it means to be human, that our, that our journey is on the way home to heaven. How different is that to a vision that goes, you know what I call uh, homo economicus, right? That the only thing about the person that really matters is what college they get into, what test scores they get, whether they become productive members of the culture. Now that matters. So not being flippant here, that matters. But the Catholic idea is that there's something much more important here, right? Something much more important. Not not just the it's not the only important thing. It's the most important. But yes, all the other stuff matters. But let's keep that in our hearts and minds as we go throughout our work. As you look at your students, ask yourself where are they heading? What is the purpose of me teaching them really? How can I help them to grow in virtue, kindness, love, faith, holiness? That's that's the key stuff right there. All right, friends, that's it from me. God bless you. Do me a favor. Come across to the website, onecatholicteacher.com. Onecatholicteacher.com. Go to the resources page for me because there you're going to find the Going Deeper program, a bunch of other stuff. But the Going Deeper program, there's a free trial there, totally free. Costs you nothing. Just jump on the resources page at onecatholicteacher.com. Grab yourself that free trial. All right, that's it from me. God bless you. Please make sure you've subscribed. My name is Jonathan Doyle. God bless you, friends. I'm going to have another message for you tomorrow.